Now, we all know that Martin can metabolise a pint in five minutes, but I bet even he wouldn't turn his nose up at getting free beer delivered to his door. Yes, our friends at Beer 52 are offering our listeners a free case of eight unique craft beers. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF and cover the postage of $5.95. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club. Even Big Mandy is welcome, but not Colin. He's an utter bozo. Each month, members are sent a crate of beer with different themes. Don't like dark beer? Then choose the light option. Comes with a magazine and two snacks, BLT and crumpets not included. Don't be a cockwomble. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF to get this amazing offer. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF. Hey, what the actual fuckers? Stay tuned to the end of the episode for a very exclusive clip of the This Country book, read by Kerry and Curtin. Hey, what the actual fuckers? We're back for WTAF Live 3, Thrice Cooked. I am absolutely thrilled. On Friday, the 29th of November, at the Sundial Theatre in Sirencester. Best in the West. Another night filled with this country-themed entertainment. And we'll be laughing, laughing, laughing. We will be counting down the top five this country moments. Yeah, I know. As well as having the very first Dump Gang Olympics. Lethal. With a very special set of judges, including the queen of this country, Jill Cooper. She is so bubbly. And Martin Mucklow himself. Top notch. With the fantastic comedian Keris Nelms to kick the night off. And unofficial This Country rockers Erica will be the house band on stage. Beast mode. Tickets are just £12.50. Go to WTAFpodcast.com or our Facebook, Instagram or Twitter page at WTAF This Country for the link to get tickets. Got it? Have you not listened to a word I've just said? So grab your plums, turn over your crumpets and join us for a proper smart night of fun. No one can keep up with that. Not even gift gap. WTAF Live 3. Thrice cooked. I mean, what can you say? All right. I'm Big Mandy. You're listening to What the Actual Fuck? What the Actual Fuck? Fuck! Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow? This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hey, what the actual fuckers, and welcome to WTF, a This Country podcast. Now, first, he's the man who has just got sacked from the leisure centre for making his own periscope and peeping on the girls in the changing room. It's Neil. I learnt it all from Blue Peter. The periscope making that. What is. I love is the fact that normally you'll go, that's absolutely correct. Everything in that statement is true, and you still haven't denied that one. Well, why would I? Is it shows that I'm a real right? handyman. Oh, peeping, yeah. Yeah. Why not? It's a good hobby, isn't it? I learn from the best, Mr. Mucklow. Indeed, indeed. Well, guess what it is today, Neil? What's that? Episode 99. Ooh! My favourite of all ice creams. Yeah, am I? <laughs> they're no longer 99s, though, are they? Aren't they? No. What are they, then? They cost more than 99p, because they were always 99 because they were 99p. Were they? Did you not know that? No, I didn't know oh, that! Right. They should be called, like, 130 or something now. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's true! Okay. It's true. Please write in if you believe that's true. That's one of Neil's fun facts. Yeah. <laughs> Took me all week to read that up. <laughs> OK, our super fans this episode are a couple of professional broadcasters from the BBC who recently kindly let us on the Beebs airwaves for an hour to run wild from BBC Radio Gloucestershire's weekly evening show. Please welcome, but don't mention Nirvana, it's John and Maddie. <laughs> Yay! Yay! 
Hi, Garfies. Well, it's so nice to finally have you. Like, I felt that we were, it was the away leg when we came to you. Yeah. Now we're having the home leg. Well, how do you think we feel this morning? <laughs> how do you think we feel right now, yeah. Well, this, uh, we were saying before we got... Uh, we pressed record that this is the earliest podcast we've ever done. Mm. It is. So, um, it's, uh, thank you very much for that. But we would have done anything to get you in the shed, you yeah. see. Oh, if it had been 7am, we'd have been here. <laughs> well, maybe. Maybe. So, well, I would have. <laughs> <laughs> we start every Superfan episode by asking how you found out and how you discovered this country. Wow. Where was I? The moment I discovered this country. Mm. Um, do you know what? I, I, I know when it when it first came out, I saw it advertised and I was like, that's for me, that is. You know, a bit of silliness, mm. bit of countryness. Because I'm from Devon originally. Right. So I can really relate to it. So I was like, that's a bit of me, that. Okay. All right. John? I think for, I think I've probably heard about it in the office, actually, because obviously there's a lot of excitement and it kind of got this cult following very quickly, didn't it? But it was something that I think we realised, oh, this is this is big. And obviously for us to have, you know, Scarecrow festivals and all the rest of it uh, kind of displayed and have people finally understand what we've been talking about for years was, mm. was quite a big thing, to be honest. It kind of brings it to the masses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And was mm. it caught, because it's obviously a BBC thing, mm. it's something that, like, echoes in the halls like you hear rumors about it and, and stuff i think the funny thing is do you know what so often you get you do know about stuff sometimes beforehand sometimes you have no idea and you find out with everyone else to be entirely honest but uh it says a lot when people do talk about something and actually everyone was talking about this without being pushed to talk about it so you kind of knew that it was going to be massive actually um because for people to talk about it with the kind of passion and talking about how funny it was without being prompted to do that kind of said a lot, I think, at the time mm, when mm. it was starting out. So, yeah. Yeah. Did you, so when you watched it, did you watch it on the iPlayer and, and binge it or did you watch it weekly when it came out? And... Don't, I can't remember. I think I might have, I think I would have binged it because I'm that kind of person, yeah. actually. There's a bit of me that thinks, I th- but then did it, did it come out weekly on the iPlayer? Yeah. To be yeah. Fair, didn't it? Yeah. So I think that's, I think we was like waiting for the episode to come out every week. Uh, but yeah, I think I'm pretty sure that's what we were doing because it was on came on in the evening, did it? I can't remember what. Time no, no, the day it was in the morning, on. wasn't it? it on a Wednesday be... morning, was it? Yeah, well, this, Series Two was a Monday morning, was it? Yeah, could have been. Yeah. <laughs> Mister Ninety Nine. Oh, he knows about ice cream, <laughs> but he doesn't know anything about the program no, that he does okay. a podcast on. The only reason I remember watching it on a Wednesday morning is because it was my day off from work. <laughs> so I get up in the morning and put it on. Right. So, what's your favourite series, Maddie? Which which one? Do you have uh... a particular favourite series or? I think I think the first one because it's so fresh and like original. I think it was you know I think that's my favourite my favourite series. Okay, and any particular episodes or are you? Do they all get a bit muddled in my mind because I've binge watched it so much? <laughs> <laughs> they all get a bit confused of what series and what episodes and what's what. But I think the one that stands out for me there's I mean there's a few. I think my favourite of all time is the plumbing. Right. Okay. Plumbing here, plumbing there. That's my favourite all time bit. Okay. John, what that about you? Good, I mean, that that was the point where I was like, this this is the show for me <laughs> with the plumbing, actually. Um, but I think um, I think the vintage country extravaganza where they're waiting for the bus is that is just brilliant because the anger, the pure anger uh, that you just cannot replicate uh, is is just hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay, right. We will talk a little bit more about this country, but I want to get into um, obviously you working for the BBC and radio and. The stuff that you do. So we'll start with you, Maddie. How did you get involved with show business oh, in the in the show BBC biz. world? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I did media at uni. Um, um, I started in twenty eighteen. All those years ago. And I sort of dabbled in. I know I wanted to go into radio my whole life, so I um, started creeping into the BBC halls, you know. Um, and then I just lingered around and I've been there ever since. <laughs> but as a, as, a, as a youngster, because we're old men, yeah. but as a youngster, what made you, why do you love radio? Because it seems such a old-fashioned medium to to want to move into. Yeah, I um, but when I was in sort of year nine, so a long time ago now, <laughs> um, on my school had a, a little school trip where they took us out to a community radio station. So at that time, I didn't really know what community radio was or like when, you know, what I wanted to do or you know, if I even wanted to go into the media. So um, they took us, there was about nine of us, they took us to this little community radio station and there was one person in there 
That was like a, that was like a desk. One person in there, and they were just playing chicken noises and like pig noises for like hours on end. <laughs> and I remember thinking, like, what is going on? Like, what is? It? And they were like, oh, it's an experiment. Like, we want to see how many people will phone up and ask what's going on if they've tuned in to hear, you know, hearing all these weird noises on the on the. And I was like, that was pretty weird. And then since then, I just loved it. I was like, all the things you can do, you know, and mm. it's just a, such a good way of sort of connecting to people. So. I have to ask, how many people did ring you? I don't think so. <laughs> 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 but no, it was great. John, what about you? How did you start in this uh, business? Mine's a, it's a bit more elongated. I, I think I'd, I'd always loved radio when I was little and I always wanted to go to work, see a radio station on work experience, but because I grew up in a village in Shropshire in the middle of nowhere, it was a little bit more difficult when you were 15 to get to any, even like a small station. Um, and then I sort of forgot, really, that I wanted to do radio because it, it, I never really understood how you got into it or, you know, how you make a start. And um, and then I, I got a job. I left school and got a job doing something else. And uh, anyway, long story short, uh, this thing, this advert came up for a community radio station. So I started volunteering and I was there for about a year. So I used to drive an hour to this community radio station every week and back just to do a two hour show and just play some music. Um, and then I saw a BBC apprenticeship advertised, so I applied for that. In the end, I, d- I wasn't even planning on applying for it. It was only the last day before the deadline. I thought, well, do you know what? What's the worst that can happen? Uh, and then five years later, here we are. So uh, it just sort of spiralled out of control, really, and ended up moving away and com- coming to Gloucestershire, and you know, and, and now I get to do it every day, which is fab. Wow. In, yeah. Is it? Oh, sorry. Is it easier or harder? to get involved in, in radio and that kind of side of the media than it would have been, say, 20 years ago? I think um, I think it just depends. I think certainly even, even where we work, no one's got the same story. No one at all. I think it depends how much you're willing to kind of do stuff for free a little bit to start with, you know, because... Like for me, if I hadn't driven an hour every week to go to this community radio station, despite the fact I probably would have got on the apprenticeship scheme because it wasn't really about that, it wasn't really about having experience, I probably wouldn't have had the confidence to right. apply for it in the first place because I would have thought, like I did when I was sort of 12, 15, trying to do work experience, or I don't know where what to do, how to start, you know. Um, so I think it is, as much as it shouldn't be about how much you're prepared to do to begin with, I think you just kind of have to say yes to things and then see what happens. Because I never really thought that I'd be doing this now. And quite a lot of ch- has changed in local radio as well over the past few years because oh, yeah. I never thought we'd be here doing doing this or mm. doing the show. Um, so you just don't you just don't know what's coming from one day to the next. I don't mm. think really. Well, that was what I was going to ask about the um, apprenticeship. I mean, mm. <clears throat> once you get accepted onto this apprenticeship scheme, how quickly are you then into broadcasting? It really depends. So this was it was a massive, massive scheme um so uh, when tony hall became the big boss of the bbc he wanted to increase the number of apprenticeships so as a part of that they thought how could where, how can we do this how can we you know increase numbers so what they did is they took on an apprentice at each local radio station they were like well there's 50 there's a big tick to start with um but because of that and because each station is so so different everyone had a very different experience so because i was at a really small station in shropshire I think I probably got to do an awful lot more, more quickly, because it's mm. like, here's someone who could do something, send them out now, like, like, go and do something. Whereas if you were at, like, Radio London or Radio Manchester, you'd probably be answering the phones, or do you know what I mean? I got a lot more experience a lot more quickly, which, you know, obviously worked out all right. But um, at the time, it was really good. I, I can't speak highly of it enough, to be honest, because you just got a really good background in everything certainly where i was they took you through everything so mm. it's like and i think because i hadn't done a degree uh i didn't feel bad about making mistakes because i was coming in on like the bottom mm. rung whereas i saw other people making mistakes and maybe they've you know because th- they were kind of getting paid a full wage and a full whack for it and they'd be like gutted if it didn't go out on the radio whereas if i did something it didn't go out but you know it's kind of felt like a learning mm. exercise mm. Um, so it was fab. Yeah, it was great. So when it comes to, if there's somebody listening to this that wants to break into doing radio and then maybe feel they're not quite um, confident enough to do it, is it the sort of thing that you learn to have confidence or you need to have confidence to start off with to do the job? Oh, I have no confidence. <laughs> no, me Absolutely either. none. No. 
no so it's, it's definitely learning and like the thing is you know even community stations you know I did a lot of sort of presenting and you know just trying to get all the skills that, that I you know you can get but it's definitely you have got to be thrown in and I think that's, that's how mm. I've sort of developed I hope I have Mm, (laughs) but i remember the first day the first day i actually started in the newsroom at the radio station i did my apprenticeship and they went can you just call this person and see if they'll come on the breakfast show tomorrow morning and i sat there for an hour and a half before i picked up the phone so i was so so nervous a i couldn't get my head around the fact that i was going to call this person out the blue and say will you come on the radio tomorrow that was like the the most alien world to me and b i just didn't have the confidence it was to like do cold it. calling absolutely yeah, I, was just, I, and yeah. I just remember thinking like what is this person going to think mm. and uh and i called them they were like yeah that's fine i'll come you know i'll come off at 8:30 tomorrow morning whatever it was and being so shocked that this person was like, and you know, now we yeah. now we call, uh, dread to think how many people <laughs> every single day be like, will you just do this for us? Because you know, people are fantastic. If people didn't say yes, we wouldn't have a show every night. Mm. But um, at the time, it was just like the biggest. Like, I just couldn't get my head around how you make it happen. If that makes sense, and mm. having the confidence to do, it certainly took me a long time, yeah. even just to. You know, be able to pick up the phone without making ten pages of notes and think about who, what I was going to say. Who was it? Oh, it was, uh, I think it was a guy, it was a chocolatier. Oh, I can't remember his name, but he was this chocolatier. I think he just won an award or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, and even that, I think that was the thing. It's like, this, guy, this guy's just won an award. Like, he must be a really <laughs> big deal. <laughs> you know, it just seemed like this. And obviously he wanted to talk about the fact he just won this award for whatever it mm. was. But uh, again, at the time, I just, just couldn't get my head around it at mm. all. It was like a completely alien world, you know? But it is like the art of the phone call is something that it's the same as like letter writing. It's sort of like it's disappearing now because it's easier to send a text. Mm. Or I mean, I find it easier to text than to call somebody because it just that there's almost like a barrier to it that you sort of think it's easier. They haven't got to see me. I haven't got to speak to them. I'm not going to go. I should never make that noise. Wasn't that your Ian McKellen? Come on, it might well have been. So obviously things like social media is is crucial in radio these days, isn't it? Because it's not just about what people hear now. You put little clips out on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and stuff. Is that something with you being a lot younger? It's 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 something that's easier for you to get your get a hold on than some of these older DJs, <laughs> or is that a bit is that that ageist? Um, I think when we tweet stuff, it's normally when we've done something silly. Most of yes. the time. Yeah. Although it's funny because, you know, I never used to think about tweeting and what I was saying. But now if I'm, if I'm tweeting, for what I think about it so much. Like I'm like, oh, my God, the right, you know, not pronunciation. Yeah, like the grammar. <laughs> grammar, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I really, really think about it. But, you know, it shouldn't be like, social media shouldn't be like that. I don't know why I stress myself out with it, to be honest. But, but yeah, no, I um, I think... Yeah, I I I am not very good to be honest because because I always wanted to work in radio. Um, I probably shouldn't say. It. I hope there's no one from work listening because <laughs> <laughs> that's not for a job interview. I'm going to take me seriously, but I think um, I'm just not very. I just don't really care very much to be honest. Right? Because I lo- I love what comes out of the speakers. Mm. Yeah, and if it's funny, that's great. And that's why when I tweet stuff, it's normally stuff we've done on the show. Yeah. Um, but you're right. You do you do have to tell people about what we're doing, and when we obviously did the, the big project, which you guys were involved in, the residency, mm. that was massive for us. And actually, that was more about kind of getting the word out there, which was a big thing because you know you guys have got all the followers, and so many people who were taking part have got this kind of. You think of all the different people who took part in that month, and then all their followers. If you can kind of get the word out, then yeah, that's really really important because that's something that if we tweeted, wouldn't get out there. If yeah, that makes sense. I was going to say, for people listening, do you want to just explain what the residency was? Yeah, uh, so we invited, for the entire month of June, 20 sets of people back who'd all been a part of the show in some way, shape or form since we launched it around this time last year to do their own show for an hour. And you guys were a part of that, and a big, oh, big part of that. So much fun! It was a lot. Of fun. <laughs> so much fun. So, what was the feedback? Good, uh, not, not just about our show, but about the whole month. Did you get a good feedback from your listeners? Yeah, I think um, I think the variety, but that was the thing. I mean, we did lock ourselves in a room for about two days, didn't we? Yeah. When we were planning it, 
genuinely. And we, it, honestly, if you'd walked into that room about halfway through, you would have wondered if we were okay, I think. Because there were like <laughs> bits of paper on the walls and string and like, you know, how can we make this work and who do we want where? And, um, but a lot of time went into, the, I think the hardest bit was the order mm. because that was really important. It was like, how do we have the biggest impact from, you know, you guys one day to actually, you know, someone talking about their disability the next day or talking about, I don't know, all sorts of things. The mm. fact they've got a transgender brother or that was the point, really. It was so if you listened every night, you're like, what? what's going on tonight? We had some guy playing a kazoo last night and <laughs> pretending to be Mick Jagger and tonight we've got this, you know? Um, but yeah, I think it was that variety that people seem to like, hopefully. Mm. That's fair. And it was something that was done up and down the country, was it? Or was it just... No, this was just us. Gloucestershire, yeah, was it? Yeah, yeah. We kind of uh, decided we wanted to do it. So we did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no going back. Yeah, Is it absolutely. something you would do again? Maybe. Couldn't, couldn't possibly say. Like, we might like to do again. Yeah. <laughs> From the other side of the, the micro... I mean, the one thing that struck me, it was that thing of my God, what a great job this must be to be able to do this. Or, I mean, obviously, not what we do, but, like, broadcast every day is something that you sort of think, God, I wish I had a DeLorean and could go back 30 years and think this is what I want to do as a job. Mm. But when you're doing it every day and it is a job, there must be times when you think, oh, I wish I was doing something else. Or do you... I mean, again, I hope people that you work with aren't listening. But, <laughs> but, but for you, it is a job, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I tell you, we had one hour of doing it, and it was... I can't stress how much how much fun it was. I mean, I had kidney stones at the time, and I didn't think about oh, them. Oh, good. I forgot God. to ask about your yeah. kidney stones. Yeah, oh, the following day... No, the f two days later, I was in hospital. I had to go to hospital because of it, and I spent the night in hospital <laughs> because of it. But it was oh, weird, because I said to you driving up, I said, mm. I've not been feeling very well. That hour completely forgot about it and didn't yeah. feel bad until we were driving back. Mm -hmm. But it was, it's that, it is a really, it's a wonder, and the fact that you were so kind and generous in the fact that you sort of said, well, pretty much you can do what you want. And I remember when I said that to Neil, <laughs> our eyes just lit up. We thought, oh my goodness, <laughs> yeah. we could get ourselves into some trouble here. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think there was only, I think there was probably one jingle that you said we, we can't really do that. And but apart from that, everything else was like a thumbs up. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah. did you have any other problems with anybody else in regards to stuff that they could and couldn't do? Um, or? I don't think so. Uh, I think the lovely thing about it was that was the point. You know, that really was the point. If we'd have, if we'd have invited you in and said, actually, this is what you've got to do, you've got to play this music, we want you to talk about this, you've got to hit the news, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, it just would have sucked the life out of it. Mm -hmm. um, and again, that variety, the fact that you came in and... and you know, everyone, the, the lovely thing is that people really bought into it. So you guys mm. did loads of loads and loads of work and it made it easy for us, you know. Um, but so many people did. I expected people to come in and just kind of talk in between some records mm. and kind of bit of their personality. Yeah. We picked people because of their yeah. personalities, yeah. but actually people brought so much more to it than that. So the fact that people wanted to do that, we just wanted to say yes as much as we could, I think. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. How did you choose the people then? Uh, people, it was generally people who'd made us laugh. Yeah. Or people who had shocked us. Yeah. I mean, the whole point of the show to start with was to find people who had, who either had never been on the radio before, who, who we felt needed more time to do more, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, and we that had kind of been a big point. And that's why, if you've ever heard the evening show, it's kind of structured in the way it is. So we have a co-host every night, which obviously you guys co-hosted the show from this very shed. Mm. Um, you know, so we have a co-host every single night from somewhere in the county. You know, we have a guest. So there are different kind of mechanisms of getting people involved so that you can go, oh, they were they were fun. They were good. We should They should come back in. We should do more with them. Um, and I think people can be quite afraid of that sometimes because they don't like to repeat stuff. Yeah, yeah, I do know what you mean. Mm. But actually, that's that was the point. Yeah, we wanted them to tell their story again. Yeah, and ha and have more time to do it properly. Mm. You know. Well, I I only listened to the kazoo with Jagger bit with you two <laughs> uh, a couple of night couple of days ago, and it's not often that I will laugh at stuff that we've done. I mean, I, we have with certain yeah, bits, yeah. but I was at work absolutely, and people were looking at me really weirdly because I was roaring, especially the whole. <laughs> 
Wagner Nirvana thing. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. I'll tell you. Absolutely, honestly, I was crying with laughter. Absolutely crying <laughs> with laughter. It was radio gold. It Absolutely was. hilarious. Right, we're going to have another competition. Oh, we're going to have another com- Right, we're going to play Carry Your Curtain. Okay, Okay. so I'm going to give you a line of dialogue, and you have to tell me whether it's Kerry or Curtain. Okay, you've got got five each. Okay, all right. So So it's a competition between the two of you. Okay, Okay. can you keep scoring, Neil? I will keep scoring. Indeed, I got my fingers. You got your fingers. (laughs) (laughs) Cut your fingers. (laughs) Although I haven't got my bell, so you have to. I'll have to ding if you get it right. Okay, who would like to go first or second? I'll go first. You're the, you're the reigning winner because you won the uh, kazoo with Jagger, didn't yeah. you? Did you oh, did yeah. on the S Club 7 song at the end. Anyway. <laughs> what can I say? Uh, right, here you go. Are you ready? Right, I'm ready. Okay. I bought the wrapping paper too. That's not just recycled off an old present. Was that Kerry or Curtain? Um, I'm going to say Kerry. Ding! <laughs> one nil. Well done. Okay, John, here's your first one. Okay. I lost him once. I ain't ever losing him again. That Kerry or Curtain? Ooh. Uh, I'll say Curtain. Ding! Yeah. One out of one. You see the atmosphere has changed yeah. in the room oh, now. Look. No. Fantastic. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, Maddie, here's number two. I don't really know what you want me to say, to be honest. It's a very general... Hi. Hello. I don't really know what you want me to say, to be honest. Kerry or Curtain? I mean, I can imagine them both. Say, I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say Curtain. No, oh, it was Kerry. Oh, that's right. I could have passed it over to you, John, to see if you knew. <laughs> yeah. <them. laughs> yeah. For a bonus point, number two for you, then, John. I went through a really dark phase. I think that might be Kerry. That was Curtain. Oh, oh no. still no, level me. Do you know that one? Yeah, did you? So it's 1-1. One, one. <laughs> still 1-1. One, one. The pressure's on. Okay, uh, Maddie. Yeah. I've got to do what's right for me at the end of the day. <laughs> was that in character? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. i got to do oh. what's right for me at the end of the day. Curtain. Oh, I think I know that. Ding! I think I know yeah. what episode that's from. It was. Well done. Oh, 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 where do you think oh. it was from? Was it from the episode where he was deciding to go over to go to university? It was. You don't get any extra points for that, but, oh, that's, uh, but that's two out of three. John, okay. pressure's on now. Okay. I got a black eye from beating myself up. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. Kerry <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. or Curtain. I got a black eye from beating myself up. Curtain. It was Kerry. Oh, no. Kerry. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. So it's it. two out of three, plays one out of three. Oh, uh, here's your fourth one, Maddie. Yeah, and I actually cannot wait for you to leave this shithole. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Kerry. It was Kerry. Oh. It was Kerry. <laughs> John, you need this one. You yeah, need this I one. I know I do. Uh, he thinks he's on the straight and narrow. <laughs> he thinks he's on the straight and narrow. I like this game. I mean, to be fair, you've got a 50 50 chance of getting it right. Even but, yeah, you... but I still keep getting it wrong, don't I? <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to say Kerry again. It was Curtain. <laughs> right, Maddie, uh, this one will be a victory uh, one, this one, because uh, I think you've already won it. But uh, number five. You know I'm already stressed out as it is. You Kerry. know, no, that oh, was Curtin. No. That was Curtin when he was loading his stuff into the vicar's. Um... <laughs> I'll <laughs> what, leave it there. Well, car. Me. Yeah. <laughs> so what I, that I was going to say, what a place to stop that <laughs> sentence. John, your last one. Okay. I just can't imagine the vicar not being bold. I just can't imagine the vicar not being bold. I'm going to say Kerry again. Well yeah. done. Well done. Dignity. So that was, what three, was that? Two. three uh for Maddie and two for John. Well, Maddie wins again. Oh, well done. Not, not bad going though. That's not bad going at all. Three is very respectable. Two is respectable, let's be honest. Two is respectable. One we'd frown upon. Yes. <laughs> if you get one or zero, do you get kicked out? No, you you, no, no you're never shed. allowed to leave. Never, right? <laughs> <laughs> we just lock the door behind us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've—I uh, believe they've finished filming 
Series 3 now, as we are recording this. Uh, what would you like to see happen in the future? What's What would be your perfect Series 3? We will start with you, Maddie, the winner of the competition. Hmm, perfect Series 3. I think I... You know, I love that they always stay in their in their in their little village. I think it'd be good to see them out somewhere where they shouldn't, you know, wouldn't usually go. Okay. Maybe like the big city. Okay. I'd like to see Kerry and Kirsten in the big city. In Bristol. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in Bristol. Big smoke. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, to to Kurt, and that is the real world, isn't it? When, That's right. Um, yeah. When the vicar's son talks to him about Bristol, what's it like out in the real world? Yeah. And that that to them is well, to them, Stroud is is the bright lights and big city isn't it <laughs> so no disrespect to Stroud it's a lovely place it's a lovely place but um okay yeah so or I'd like to see Carrie with a boyfriend okay yeah that's come up quite a lot hasn't it yeah yeah Dan's been mooted around hasn't yeah. it yeah would you like to see him uh, get with Dan oh. although Dan is a little bit obviously he has his um <laughs> strength thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> isn't, isn't, yeah, yeah maybe, I'm not sure about no? that or in some some new a new one I'd a like new a new one, one. okay all right, fair. <laughs> John, what about you? What would you like to see in the future? I think just any more fruit-based activities. <laughs> wonderful, yeah. I mean, I mean, know. that's quite a broad statement yeah. there. I mean, that could mean anything. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the joy of it, yeah. really. Like, the surprise us. I mean, the plums came out of nowhere. So. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. They did. They yeah. did. Um I don't know if I can go more specific than that, to be honest. <laughs> I think just anything. Or do you know what? I mean, you know, talking about scarecrows and vintage country extravaganzas, just it is lovely to see that, isn't it? And mm. I mean, I don't know how much more of that you can do, but anything else, what else could we do? Just that kind of says Gloucestershire. Let's get them at the cheese rolling or something. Wouldn't that be fun? Oh my God. Can you imagine? imagine both coming down the hill. That's, that's one that hasn't been mentioned before, is it? <laughs> yeah. Cheese rolling. The vicar coming down the hill. <laughs> so you both grew up in small villages, yeah? Is that sort of yeah. right? Sort of rural areas? Yeah. yeah. How, how does the show resonate to you about how you grow up then? Hmm. I think it's. <laughs> I just think I can just relate to it, you know, with the scarecrow, especially the scarecrows. Mm. Uh, there was always the scarecrow competitions around where where I, I used to live in Dawlish. Oh, no, I didn't live in Dawlish, but it was right next to it. And um, you know, people were so pas- <laughs> passionate about it, and it's just so funny to see all the things that you had growing up. Just mm. taking the mickey out of it. I just think it's brilliant. Yeah, Absolutely. and the fact that you must have known somebody that was like Kerry or Curtin and, yes. and and Big Mandy and those guys <laughs> because everybody knows a Big Mandy. We've always said that, haven't we? Everybody yeah. knows a Big Mandy. Yeah. Yeah. So, John, yeah. is it the same sort of thing with you with with where you live? I lived, mean, my or? mum's cousin is literally called Big Mandy. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> Does she do her own tattoos? <laughs> she knows she's called Big Mandy. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> but she she'd love to come here. Actually, she'd have a great time. But I think um, I think it's it's that it's the not so much. We didn't really have the events because um, I used, I grew up right on the Welsh border between Shropshire and Wales, but um. It's more the everyone knowing everyone's business. It's that kind of element of it. The small village, small town. Mm. Everyone knows everyone, you know, pops around. Is that, it's that kind of, I don't know if atmosphere is the right word, but it's that kind of thing, I think, that kind of resonates with me, I suppose. Is it also that feeling that, like, there's part of you that, a, you never think you're going to be able to get out, and mm. B, there's part of you that never wants to get out. You always want to sort of stay there. I think... um it's really funny, isn't it? I had a lot of friends. I don't know if this is the same for you, but I had a lot of friends, and all they wanted to do was get out. Like the first, the first opportunity off to university or whatever. Whereas I didn't, I didn't do that. I didn't go to university or do anything. I, I was never bothered about getting out. It, mm. it wasn't the push. Mm. I was like mm. kind of like pulled away to other things. But for me, I'd never really thought about it. I'd never really thought about really moving away. Um, and I, I don't really know why. Looking back. But I think it must be that thing of, again, when I said I didn't know what to do, I couldn't get to work experience because there wasn't a bus at like five o'clock in the morning or whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, it's that thing of like, you don't, you just don't even consider it because it's like so far from anything you've kind of contemplated. Mm. Um, I was never scared of it, but I just kind of did it in the end, you mm. know? Like, it's just, but yeah, I think you're right, actually. Because that, that seems a lot like curtain in 
the GMVQ mm. episode. He's like, he's making, he makes all excuses that he wants to get away and wants to get away. And as soon as the vicar says, well, I'll take you. Mm. Then all of a sudden there's all these things where well, you're putting, you're stressing me out and I don't, and he makes an excuse to not go <laughs> yeah. when he's got the chance to go. It seems like you, everyone, it's the security blanket of... Coming away from your comfort zone, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. You like doing that, don't you, Neil? What, blankets or comfort zones? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I asked that question. Yeah. That's a, ter- a terrible question. Yeah. <laughs> podcast. Uh, so what have you guys got? Um, I mean, as we're recording, you're going off to do something today, I believe. Mm. That's why we're at this ungodly hour yeah, doing a podcast. That. That's, no, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> so what have you got planned today? We're off to Pride. Yeah. Pride nice. Today. Pride yeah, we're really excited. Yeah. And it's a lovely day. It's it a is. beautiful day. yeah. Which isn't bad for mid to end September, which is when we're recording this. Mm. Oh, you got your sun cream. I actually packed my sun cream. Did you? Because yeah. 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 we did spend about three minutes in the sun yesterday and you said I feel a bit itchy. Yeah. So, <laughs> glad you're prepared. Course, no. yeah. Do you get to do outside broadcast much? Yeah, we've done quite a few this summer, actually, haven't we? Yeah. You went to Barn on the Farm. I was on holiday. So you did <laughs> like the show for Barn on the Farm. Like every year. Every year I'm going to go to Barn on the Farm at Over Farm. And I forget it's on. What's, what's Barn on a Farm? Apart uh, from the obvious, probably. <laughs> it's a festival. So it's at Over Farm, so just north of Gloucester. Uh, but they have this real knack of bringing artists that seem to go off and do, like, really big things. Wasn't Lewis Capaldi at yes. that one? Yes. So they, they seem to book them just when they're on, like, the cusp of becoming really big. And they had the vaccines there this year. Oh, it was the best. Oh, oh right. The best. Uh, they were secret. They were secret. Mm, they have a secret headliner every yeah. year as well. And they turned up. But then they've had people like Ed Sheeran before, like, literally just before he kind of went off to do big things. Wow. Um, so, so you were there, and we were at Witchwood Festival at Cheltenham Racecourse, and yeah, we've done quite a few things, haven't we? Yeah, it's been a good, good summer. Yeah. Good and what about guests? How, how do you go about booking your guests? Anyone will talk to us. Quite <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's quite funny. I, I, it, it actually is, though. Like joking aside, um, some even someone in the office came to us the other day and they went, "How do you find your guests?" Because um, very often, I think we just quite like talking to people about them. Mm. Rather mm. than about like a topic or an yeah. issue, so actually, you can talk to anyone. It doesn't really matter like, as long as someone's up for a laugh. Yeah, and everyone's got a story to tell. Yes, just got to find it. Yes. Wow, that's well, good. I like yes, that. It's, true. it's very true. I like that. That is. <laughs> we have to make a T-shirt. Of that. Yeah. <laughs> Another. <laughs> but it's often the people who who say I haven't got a story to tell. Actually. Yeah. I mean, you dig a bit, mm. and and and. Really funny, isn't it? We've had so many people who are actually really reluctant mm. to come on. There's one woman in particular I'm thinking of. Mm. You know, you know what I'm going to say, don't yeah. you? Uh, I won't mention her name, but she, um, she's quite a private person. And so I was like, I've got really got anything to say. I don't know what you want to speak to me about. And then we always ask people to record an introduction, something when they co-host the show, something we wouldn't necessarily know about them or a funny story. And we've had all sorts from, I bumped into Paul McCartney in some public toilets. So, <laughs> you know, all kinds of stuff. But her introduction was, I travelled around India for months when I was younger and met all these amazing people. And uh, and she had this incredible story about this time she'd spent yeah. away and meeting family she'd never known. And mm-hmm. yeah, and, she, and then she came, you know, she came off, she was like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, I didn't really know what, what, what to say. I didn't know what, what was that, what you Oh, yeah. <laughs> told us this incredible story. Yeah. Like, it's just, yeah, but is that, a, is that a skill that you find that you have to hone is like the, the interviewing part of that? Because we find we've been doing this like six years. We've got no training whatsoever. In, mm. And we find that the least amount of research you do, the better it is because you're more interested in mm-hmm. what the person, if you know everything, when you're asking the questions, what's the point in doing the interview? Yes, absolutely. And I think, um, again, it's about, you're always kind of, for me, you think about being on the side of the listener, so they don't know anything. So you're kind of playing devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. But even if you do, even if you know some of the answers, it's telling the story from scratch, and don't assume that people know everything because they don't. Mm. And actually, it's just like you say, it's just about being interested in people. Mm. If you're just like chatting to people, then that you're going to find out something about them. Mm-hmm. If you if you ask them lots of boring questions about what awards they've won, like you know, and little stats and figures and facts and stuff but actually i want to just want to know about the time you met paul mccartney in the yeah, toilet yeah, yeah, you know and, this, and that, even that guy was great and he was like yeah i said what do you mean and he said well 
I just felt the need. I had to do something because it was Sir Paul McCartney. So I just tapped him on the shoulder and said, well done. <laughs> it's like, you know, but... What, because of the we? I don't yeah. that. Well done. Yeah, that was exactly. great. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's it, isn't it? Just... Like you say, stories, people, everyone's got a story, even if it's something silly like that. Or, yeah. you know. What about dream guests, then? Who would be your dream guest? Huh. Apart from us, but then we've achieved that. Yeah, now, we've done that, yeah. <laughs> I suppose a dream guest is just literally anyone who wants to share their story and have a laugh. Yeah. What about celebrity-wise? Is there oh, somebody celebrity. you'd really like to... Yeah, into? there is. I know, this is... Come on, then. <laughs> Go on then. Spill no, the beans, Maddie. <laughs> Miley Cyrus. Yeah. Okay. What a queen. What a queen. I would love to chat to her. Miley Cyrus, okay. She'll come crashing in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> She's such a woman. She's brilliant. Do you like her, her dad as well? I Billy love Ray. Love her dad. Yeah, love you her love dad. Love her music. sister. Love them all. Oh, she's got a sister. I didn't she know she had a sister. She's got a sister called Noah Cyrus. Noah. Uh, who also releases music. Yeah. We haven't heard of her yet. I can send you some tunes. Oh, like. oh thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, or Miley then. Miley. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The main girl. All right. Hannah John's Montana. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What a time. Oh god. <laughs> John. I actually don't know. If I, I said to you now, John, I could get you any guest you like. Who would it be? I don't know. There's a lot of pressure. Oh. There's a lot of pressure. <laughs> I'm trying to think. But the thing is, we often talk about this because, like, you've got, like, you love Miley Cyrus. Love her. But I, I, I can't imagine being that obsessed with anyone. Oh, right. Obsessed. Right. <laughs> like, I don't know what it is. Like, in a in a lovely way, of course. Yeah. You are obsessed. Yeah. 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 Um, who who do I like? <laughs> um, who do I like? Who do I like? Oh, I love Urban Cookie Collective. <laughs> Yeah, or entrance, yeah. entrance in, that'd be great. Some 90s music, brilliant. Yeah, I'll just go with them then. Oh my god, I mean, to be honest, Urban they could probably too. be doable for yeah, us. Yeah, we, <laughs> can, we might be able to sort, <laughs> yeah, sort them out. out. <laughs> Miley Cyrus, maybe not, but Urban Cookie Collective, yeah, we'll just throw them a tweet and they might say, Yeah, what time do you want us? <laughs> I love this. We've got Butlin's Mindhead in like three weeks' time, yeah. but I mean, we might be all right. Are they still even going? We can find somebody, nah, we I can find Mr. Urban. Mr. Cookie or Mr. Collective, one of them. I feel like I need to really work on my brand. Like, if that's <laughs> what you associate me with, Urban Cookie Collective. Yeah, you, you need Maybe. to sort your dreams out I a do. bit better, John. I mean, someone, if, if someone come up to you and said, John, right, we can sort out anybody, I'll have Urban Cookie Collective. <laughs> and if they're not together, I want them reformed now. <laughs> and again, no disrespect to Urban Cookie Collective, but when you've got the whole gamut of everybody <laughs> in the you know, yeah. celebrity world... Uh, <laughs> You've got, you know... That's a curveball, though, isn't it? That yeah. would really shock somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine on the Graham Norton show. Yeah, I don't want any of the Marvel lot. I don't want any of those film stars. I want the Urban Cookie Collective, please. <laughs> Should become your resident uh, house band. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what was one of their songs? What was the Urban Cookie? The Key to Secret. <laughs> The key to the secret is oh, that I got the key. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. That's them, is that's it? That's them, yeah, Urban Cookie Collective. But let's book them. I mean, let's, that's a great get song. Them in here. We'll come back that's in here. Yeah. Get them in here as well. I don't know how many of them there are. <laughs> hang, on, hang on a minute. So these are your best ones. You still don't know how many there are. Where's three in it? <laughs> oh, I thought God. it was just the three. Like I said, but, Mr. Urban, Mr. Collective, Mr. Cookie. Yeah, not in that order. No, that's the not way they came order. through the door. We'll have to have a second part of this uh, episode just so that John can work out someone better yeah. than they Urban say, Cookie. They say that, don't they? They do say don't meet your heroes. I that mean, is I'm very true. worried about this, mm. you know? So, like, when one of the one of the outside broadcasts we did was at Cheltenham Racecourse, um, and Greg James was there, obviously from the Radio 1 Breakfast Show, and there were so many people who were like, oh, I can't believe it, like, Greg, were you nervous? Like, and I was like because we got him on the show didn't we long story short one of the people who did the residency I don't know if you remember this uh, was uh, David and he had a goose called Hoppy yes. oh yeah yeah yes and uh, Greg James <clears throat> loved Hoppy got wind of Hoppy the goose right. in Westbury on 7 in the Forest of Dean and loved it absolutely <laughs> loved it so when he was at Cheltenham Racecourse he said will you have a chat to us because you loved Hoppy and he did and so many people were like oh it's Greg James like you know Radio 1 Breakfast Show oh, it just doesn't it just doesn't really bother me like, right. he t- like, he was lovely, mm. yeah. Uh, but 
I just don't, I don't know. It's never really made me go like, oh my god, this person's famous because mm. they're like they are just a person, aren't they? Friends that is true. But then again, say so if Miley Cyrus walked into the studio. And John was on holiday, as he usually is when there's good things going on. He, he misses all the good all, every stuff. Every time. Um, and it was up to you, Maddie, to interview her. Would you just be a gibbering wreck or would you be able to hold it together and be professional? Right, I'm Miley Cyrus. Oh. I'm coming in. Yeah, what's your first question? Hey, girl. Hey, girl. I'm a wrecking ball. It's almost like you're hey, there, Hey, Maddie. Isn't it? How are you? Okay. <laughs> See, you're going to be like that. I would, I would be a mess. Would I, you? I think I'd faint. Would you? But yeah, you I have do. to you have to interview her then. I'd be on the floor. Get up, girl. <laughs> That's what she'd say. Come on. I, I just have a chat. I just wanna <laughs> I just wanna know how, you know, does she still wear her Hannah Montana wig? <laughs> right, Sometimes, okay. like in the bathroom, just pretend. Would you like I would, would you shake her hand or would you like go in for a full hug? hug. And, would you? Would you? Yeah. And, and never let her go. Oh, no, I don't know about that. Hug, selfie. <laughs> would you? <Yeah. laughs> All of it. Oh. I I'd I'd lose my mind, I think. Okay. I really would. I, I thought of someone better. Oh, oh. come on then. Drum roll. Too unlimited. Macro James made you remember. Sarah Cox. Ah, oh, yeah. yeah. I love Sarah Cox. Yeah, she's I, fantastic. We've, we were talking about when I said she's probably the only person I would feel a bit nervous around because she is a, like a proper hero. She mm. I love yeah. her. So I think Sarah Cox will go with her. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's a great show. See, that's... that's, that's I'll, that better than... I'll edit cookie the whole collective. Cookie, <laughs> <laughs> cookie Collective out. No, I'm going to leave that in. Let's go. I've got to ask Maddie, what would be your karaoke song from Miley, then? Or do you have one? Well, I think now it would be... What? I mean, the choices. I think now it would be her newest one, Slide Away, because that's really good to sing. All right. You know, Don't you know really, You can really go for it. <laughs> Very high-pitched, though. Yeah, but... Put it, in, <laughs> put it in your own style. You can belt. You can belt it. All right. Or the hoe down throw down. <laughs> the hoe down throw down. Hannah Montana. Yeah, it might right. be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't say I'm. I, I know just as many uh, Miley Cyrus songs as I do Urban Cookie Collective. <laughs> I, will, I will just say that. The only one I can think of is the one she did with Mark Ronson. That was quite a good show. Oh, it's a great song. That was a great song, wasn't it? Yeah. I can't uh, even think what it was called. called. <laughs> <laughs> it's called it's great, Nothing Breaks Like Heart. There you, there go. you go. There you go. There you go. Next time we do all get together, I am going to find five Miley Cyrus uh, questions and see how well Maddie knows Miley Cyrus. And I'll do idea. some five Sarah Cox questions. Okay. How... I thought you were going to say five <laughs> Urban Cookie Or Urban Cookie Collective. You've got to find five uh... questions first. <laughs> Honestly, don't know. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for joining us. It's been it was brilliant. Really, as always, again. whenever we get together, it is so much fun. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. It's been yes, great. thank you. Uh, Neil, do you want to do a little bit of housekeeping? I haven't well, got my bell to... to oh, right. right. I'll have to ding Let's it. have a go then. Go Let's then. have a go at this. So you can find us on all the social media you can find us on uh <laughs> twitter <laughs> facebook uh instagram under wtaf this country ding you can email us at wtaf this country at hotmail.com ding you can That's go to right. the website at wtafpodcast.com ding there you go practice makes well perfect. done and we've still got a few tickets left for our third live podcast show at the sundial theater 29th of november WTF Live 3, Thrice Cooked. At the moment, we have confirmed Martin Mucklow is going to be there. Terry from the Bowls Club is going to be there. Jill Cooper, the queen of this country, is going to be there. And uh, as we're recording this, just announced uh, James Moore from Emmerdale is going to come and join us as well, which is going to be fantastic. Uh, We've got Erica, going to be the house band. Keris Nams is going to come and do some comedy for us. It's going to be a fantastic night. Go to our website, WTAFpodcast.com, to get your tickets. Uh, We've got a few left. There's not going to be many. It's going to be sold out. So get them while you can. Thank you guys again. Thank, Thank you. you. It's been so much fun. So great to have professionals in here. <laughs> Please don't call us professionals again. I can't speak for you, but. <laughs> Thank you again, Neil. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, everybody else. And we will see you very, very soon. Now go and get plumbed, you fuckers. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? As promised, here's a sneak preview of the This Country book as read by Kerry and Curtin. It's available at Amazon or good bookshops and also on all your audio devices. Go and buy it now.
Len Spooky Village Tales by Len Clifton. Read by Kerry and Curtin Mucklow. The Vanishing Tour Guide. This ghostly tale's been heard from a few people over the recent years, and it will send shivers down your spine. Our village, being nestled deep in the soft bosom of the Cotswold countryside, is a magnet for tourists from all over the globe. There have been many a tale of Japanese tourists being greeted off the coach in the marketplace by a gentleman wearing a tall stovepipe hat with a wide brim who shouts in an authoritative manner, This way! This way! The Japanese tourists follow him for up to 12 miles deep into the countryside, where the tour guide is known to drop to his knees, put his head in his hands and say, Shit! I don't know where the fuck we are, before vanishing into thin air. The chap in the top hat fits the description of a local tour guide known by the name of Ernie Garlic, whose trademark was wearing a tall stovepipe top hat with a wide brim. Tragically, Ernie took his own life in 1987 when he read a cruel review of one of his tours in the Cotswold Life magazine. The poor fellow just weren't naturally blessed with the directional skills needed of a tour guide and was even known to get lost in his very own street. He suffered from a disorder called topographical agnosia which causes a person to have absolutely zero sense of direction. It's a comfort, however, to know that Ernie is still doing what he loves beyond the grave and guiding tourists into the ass end of nowhere. God bless you, Ernie, you half-wit. Hi, I'm Pav. I'm Neil. We're here to tell you about our new exciting project, the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Phenomenal. That's right, Neil. We grab a guest or two, pick a subject, then bring our own Top 10s to the pod. Yes. It could be Top 10 scary movies, Top 10 swear words, Top 10 breakfast foods, anything. Oh, you saucy devil. Indeed, Neil. Our first episode will be online very soon, so subscribe on all your usual podcast platforms so you don't miss it. Yes. The Top 10 of Anything Podcast. Let's begin the countdown. Phenomenal.